All right, welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I am Noah. And I'm Jesse. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 83. 83. 83. All right, and in this episode, I'm going to start off with a news alert. Apparently, approximately around 4.42 this afternoon, Mountain Time, North Korea fired a missile across Japan and that had the Japanese authorities sending out an alert to their people to go find shelter. So hopefully everyone in Japan is doing well. Um, I just want to kind of give a, just kind of say something about that. Also, if you're looking for episode 80, uh, there will be a reposting of episode 80 here soon. Um, it was taken down by uh, YouTube. It's one uh, of my get-togethers. Uh, <laughs> is it? <laughs> YouTube. Hey, come uh, on, man. Cool. YouTube apparently did like something that... I one said, of us said. One of us said. I'm assuming it's going to be me, but maybe it's uh, Jesse. I do have to go back to you and re-look at it. Uh, but it does have to do with uh, something I guess I can't talk about. Otherwise, it'll be taken off. This one will be taken off, too. So, uh, any case, uh, look for the uh, reposting of episode 80. Uh, do, I do think everyone who did watch it, we were up to like almost 80, 85 views or something by the time. It was pulled. a fun episode. It really was. <laughs> Uh, this episode, I think, would be pretty fun too. I think we have some uh, some good things to talk about. We have the Kill Ho Man, Kill Ho Man, <laughs> <Or> Kill Ho Man, <laughs> and uh, that's Kill Ho Man. <laughs> Kill Ho Man. That's how I remembered it. Kill the Ho Man. Kill the Ho. Man. Minus the. <laughs> so that's the pronunciation. That's the- on multiple YouTube channels and shows that we pulled it off of, do not remove <laughs> us because we copied them. <laughs> Kilman uh, is the uh, name of the the distillery. Thirty nine thousand views is their pronunciation, <laughs> by the way. And the uh, uh, Bay, right? Is it Machair Bay? Machair Bay or Machair? Machair. Machair Bay. Yeah. Okay. Bay is the. Uh, is the uh, bottle here, or that's where this bottle comes from? That's blue bottle. The, our it's box, a beautiful blue, too. And uh, then we have our shout-outs to get it together, followed by our restaurant review of John Holly's Asian Bistro. And um, that, then that leads into our a, uh, our Smart Challenge being the movie review of Smile. Oh, and uh, last thing before we jump into the scotch, if you guys do like our uh, like our podcast, please give us a like, uh, subscribe, and then also uh, leave some comments for us. Usually we say that at the very end, but uh, we would love to have some interaction from you if you like our content, so please leave us a comment. Scotch review. All right, so Kilhoman. Machiter Bay single malt scotch whiskey for anyone who hasn't figured this out by now this is a product of Scotland <laughs> really I thought it was from Japan no we were literally at a liquor store earlier where <laughs> I don't think they understood that scotch was all from Scotland so with that uh, the scotch is from Scotland and uh, this is an Isla single malt scotch whiskey from the Isla Farm Distillery. And with that, 
We're in for a treat. It is mostly influenced by ex-bourbon casks, uh, a little bit of ex-sherry casks, rated approximately 80% ex-bourbon, 20% ex-sherry, right around there. That's what Kilhoman's saying it is. And I have been eyeing this scotch for a while to try it. You're the one who brought it out. It is a relatively new distillery. I think uh, beyond other distilleries, uh, it's uh, like... 20 years old most of them are 200 years old you may have some more dates on that but uh what have you got uh what i have here is that it was founded in 2005 by um anthony and kathy wills so are they your relatives dude damn straight why do you think we started scotch hour because <laughs> if they are you gotta hook us up with a oh we're tour. getting hooked <laughs> uh but it, this is actually the first distillery to uh to be, uh, I guess, uh, built on, on, on Isla in over 120 some odd years, 100 and uh, yeah, that's right, 124 years. And uh, the other thing here that I have uh, is that their tours. They have a standard tour, which is about an hour long. It's uh, 10 uh, Great British GBP, Great British pounds or quid. And then they also have a limited tour. And that is 35, and that's also two hours long. So um, if you do want to take a tour of the, of the distillery, it, th those are the, some things there. Um, apparently, I think they have like nine farms and one distillery, if I was reading things correctly on their website, but I could be totally wrong there. What's important to hear here is we're talking 20 to 35 pounds basically the dollar is strong right now go take the distillery tours at this point in time uh with the world economics in 2022 october 2022 it's a perfect time to go to scotland <laughs> right uh what was the abv on this one you probably said it and i probably missed it no i did not say it the abv is 46 percent okay so it's a little bit higher than some of our other ones a little bit higher but uh non-chill filtered so that kind of follows suit with the non-chill filtered and uh, natural color scotches where they're not adding a bunch of color so the color we're seeing here is uh really what would you say leached from the cast, the ex-bourbon and ex-sherry casks? They're not adding extra color in there. Um, lightly peated, but this is a, it's a handsome bottle. Again, I dig the golden blue, the little bit of cream I, I in do, there. I do, like the, I do like the color scheme that they have going for it. Um, I really do prefer like the taller bottles though when it comes to scotch. I think that's probably why one of the reasons why I haven't picked it up first. <laughs> I do too. Um, I'm in 100% agreement with that, and I'm not sure why, because ultimately you can't tell how much you're drinking with this. It just looks like it's all of a sudden half gone, and it's gone, Right, gone. exactly. First with a taller bottle, you know, oh, shit, I'm halfway through this <laughs> bottle. Well, and then, like the last couple that we've tried, right, the uh, boat, the Boton? Bothan. Bothan. Uh, it's kind of a Another summer. short and stout bottle. Yeah. And isn't it kind of like the uh, Port Charlotte, um, the Bunahaben, right? Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. That's another short one. Short stubby. Yeah. So hopefully this will uh, also be good, just like those. Well, Kilhoman, here we come. Isla Single Malt Scotch. Uh, and, you know, they really do emphasize that this is from that particular west side of the aisle, Mahira Bay. Um, man, any other thoughts before we pop this baby open? 
Uh, not at the top of my head. There was going to be something I was going to mention to you. Oh, um, non-filtered, right? Um, non-chill filtered. Non-chill filtered. Why, why, why do you distilleries do that again? Uh, the chill filtered is so that they can filter it more quickly. So they chill the spirit um, so that the sediments sink and they don't raise. Um, so with the non-chill filtered, Typically and commonly, you will see a slower filtration process, so it's more expensive ultimately for the distillery, but you'll also get more of those sediments in the building. I'm a huge fan of non-chill filter. Right, and you're supposed to get like a lot more flavors and stuff from the scotch, right? Yeah, that's one of the things they say is because of the fact that with the chill filter, so when they chill it to filter it so they can filter it more quickly, you are losing some of those sediments, and those sediments have a vast amounts of flavor. So with that, you get a bottle that, or, or, or a whiskey that is distilled and bottled. Uh, some of those sediments in there continue to add to the flavor even over time. Nice. And I I think the, it has a nice wood top, right? Dude, that's what she likes, the nice wood top. It's kind of a darker wood. So, is it is it embossed, though? Or is hey, it just why do you have to say darker wood? <laughs> uh, it's, it is printed on there. It's okay. not... It's not <laughs> <laughs> carved in there or <laughs> burnt into there really but, you know one of these one of these like uh scotch distillers has to listen to us and like <laughs> actually burn their like logo into like the wood there. at some point it's gonna be the scotch hour yeah maybe we need to do it <laughs> yeah man we need to go on one of these tours and be like hey can you just do one bottle for us <laughs> actually two we need two so we can have one bottle. Three, actually. Just... One for you, one for me, and then one for the show. Okay, so now we're up to four. So one for the show, one for 100 ap episodes after that episode, and one for each of us. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're looking for the tests of time. Here we are. Oh, dude, this is a tight seal. This walrus is loving this one. Real cork. And as he bumps off his mic. Yeah, man, dude. She's Petey. She <laughs> needs a Band-Aid. Oh, yeah. She's going to need two Band-Aids. <laughs> Just ask He-Man and Skeletor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right off the bat, color and nose-wise, log of one eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, off to warp speed. Cheers. Cheers. Life is great. Mm. Drink responsibly. <laughs>
And when I rubbed it in my hands um, to kind of warm it up and kind of get like a, a different type of like smell to it, that's where I picked up some like um, I had some earth tones. I kind of put like a like a like a mossy floor bed there. Like when you go into like a like a damp forest area, when you see that moss and that kind of like that smell from that that kind of a floor bed there. Um, I get that there on, on my nose. As far as the palate goes, I have here. Um, Tropical fresh fruit with sweetness. Um, the peated smoke. The peated smoke actually holds all the way through, um, from the, the from the nose to the front, mid, back palate to the finish. You get that peated smoke, and then I also put in here that it has like hints of. I, I get hints of honey in it. I almost said uh, I wanted to say honeysuckle, but it's been a long time since I had a honeysuckle. Uh, I don't really remember that kind of flavor, so I'm just gonna stick with like hints of honey. Um. But uh, as far as the uh, finish goes, I do get uh, sherried fruit with black pe- black uh, with black cracked pepper, uh, and I think that's why I keep coughing like near the end of it because I'm not ready for that that the that crackled pepper to like hit me at the end. Um, and then once again, you still have that peated smoke that just kind of carries all the way through. Um, I think it's a really good. I think it's a great scotch. I take it definitely to poker night. Um, have a cigar with it. I think you could have a cigar with this. Yeah, I think the, I think the peated smoke would hold, hold up well with a cigar. Uh, definitely, I would. You know, if if I could fit it into my golf bag, I would take it. I would take it golfing with me. <laughs> I mean, we can make it happen. Yeah, if we can make it happen. Yeah, you can definitely make it happen. Why are you looking at me funny? I got a big package. <laughs> that I just put it like into like a a smaller container or something. But no, you got a big package. Take the whole thing. <laughs> Just let them know. You got a big package. Um, I think you could take this to like a housewarming party and stuff like that. But I think if you're going to take it to a housewarming party, though, you're going to probably want to take it to someone who who's actually a scotch drinker and would appreciate that uh, that peated smoke, the or the peatiness and the smokiness of it. Um, I don't think it'll be. I mean, unless you're like, a, unless the new like, if you're new to scotch and you kind of like that smoky flavor or that peat or the peatiness. Um, then maybe this would be a good introduction one, but I really don't think it it would naturally be a good introduction one for a non scotch drinker. Uh, overall, though, I think it's a great bottle, a uh, good buy at like right around sixty dollars. And um, I'm actually quite surprised. I'm surprised we haven't tried it sooner. Yeah, we talked about that. The length. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, for me, the Kilhoman Macherer Bay Isla single malt scotch, definitely light golden color and a treat uh, within that. Um, you stated, and you're absolutely right, the peat comes out from beginning, follows through to the end, and that smoke for me comes out through the palate, not so much through the nose, but in through the palate and into the finish. Also, with the nose is a hint of fruit and vanilla but on the palate this is where the beauty of this scotch comes out oh tropical fruits i'm talking about fruits like pineapple orange lemon these tropical fruits really pop and they taste of the smoke the whole way and it's interesting because for me on the nose the smoke isn't prevalent but as soon as it's on the tongue 
all around the pineapple, the orange, the lemon are smoked the whole way through, followed by a little bit of that creamy vanilla. I think this is where a little bit of that drying sensation comes out with the yolk that lingers with the smoke. And the beauty of this is, especially I think for you, Man, it has a nice maritime finish. It's got that that brine finish, which is fantastic when you think about uh, a scotch that's 46% ABV, Isla Scotch. Heavy on the tropical fruits, but smoked all the way through with the pea. And then the honey comes through that sweetness, but then it also finishes with the salt. The brine. Uh, it is an intricately layered Kilcomen uh, single malt scotch that is delicious, divine. Would I take it to a poker night? Absolutely. Would I just take it to go uh, hang out with someone, have a couple sips of scotch? Absolutely, especially with a cigar. I'm actually intrigued to see how wonderful this would be with a cigar in particular because uh, that smoke wasn't on the nose, which is where we get a lot of our flavor. But on the palate, it was very prevalent with smoked pineapple, smoked orange, smoked lemon, uh, smoked honey. If that's a possibility, you got smoke that has encumbered itself into the honey. That's what I'm getting with this creamy honey, delicious flavor. I love it. It's time for our shout outs. First shout out, Perez. Red Bull Honda, winning the Singapore Grand Prix, great race, nice job. Showing really, though, between Red Bull and Honda, more so than Perez, who has done well all season, they've got a great car. Uh, so that is really my first shout-out, and it was great. My second one, uh, I'm going to give some applause to the Denver Center for Performing Arts, Much Ado About Nothing. <laughs> That's not really the title. It's Much Ado About Something. Uh, actually, it is nothing. But it is Shakespeare nonetheless. And they did a nice job. I think there was one character I didn't really care for, but it was fun to go see. And really the setting. I love uh, the center which they performed it in. The setting was beautifully laid out the flowers from the ceiling the lights going up and down um and i don't i don't have anything but really good things to say about it except for that one actor which we're not going to get into right now because at the end of the day these people were putting it out there and i'm not going to take anything away from that um i will say though for the most part all of the actors minus the one dynamite jobs you guys were amazing made my night it was a lot of fun to go see and thank you for putting on a great show much ado about nothing denver center of performing arts uh went opening night and it runs for the next four weeks so if you get a chance please go see it I haven't been to the DCPA in a long time but then again i haven't lived in uh, i lived in utah for a while so i had a little bit of a hiatus 
I think when like one of the very last shows I might have seen there might have been like Der Rosen Cavalier or like the uh, Nutcracker or maybe in the Christmas Carol. Nutcracker is awesome. I love in particular the Killstrom Theater, which this one played in, uh, because it is so intimate. I was literally six feet away from some of these. I'm going to call them actors, but players, <laughs> if you will, since it's a play, uh, and it was just great. And you could, I like, I could sense. They were put opening night. I can only imagine is the hardest. I think finishing night, closing night, if you will, is probably the best I've been. It it shows for both opening and closing nights. And closing nights, I think there's this different. It's also a relief, but it's also this excitement. We're like, man, this is it. We got to the finish line. And I think about the Boston Marathon and all the people. Where I'm going with this is six weeks uninterrupted performances if you make it that end run uh, many an athlete who has performed in the boston marathon has broken feet or leg bones and finished the race risking a long-term or uh, eternal if you will damages to their bodies but they do it just to finish and i think that's one of the things though is you get to the end and even if you were in pain for 90 percent of that race or 90 percent of this show maybe it wasn't always easy maybe halfway through you started to get some relief but you get to the end and like the excitement level is different so i love going to opening night because oh wow i got there first right yeah it's the virgin show whatever it doesn't mean a damn thing getting the final show that's what matters where those people actually got to see their own finish i uh, i agree i i tend to like the uh the like the, the last show or the closing show uh more than more than opening night um because uh i i used to volunteer at the utah opera uh there in salt lake city so i got to see the actors and the director and all that stuff and the people who are in charge of utah opera uh, from opening night to closing night and usually they're just a, a, a much more fun relaxed energetic uh kind of like energy that goes on on a closing night versus an opening night uh opening night has its own merits so i mean going there the first like they they have all, all that time that they're practicing and getting up to the point of opening night and then and it goes off and it, it's a different type of energy, and it's still exciting. It's still an exciting type of energy. Like the the crew is still like amped up, you know, preparing for that first show and stuff like that. But it really is just more of a like a more relaxed, laid back feeling or vibe that you catch on closing on closing night, which I actually tend to enjoy a little bit more than on the uh, on, than on opening night because there you can see like there's a little bit more tension. Well, I know. I think that's a great point. I think about all the different roles I've played it, we'll say, in my career. And when you first get on the job in your new role, you're, you're cautious about every little move, every little word, every little act. And man, by the time you're six weeks in and you're on your last day and you're at retirement, not there yet, clearly I'm way too young for that. But once you're right there, then you're saying whatever you want to say, your smooth operator status, you know, you're like, man, it doesn't get any better than this. I didn't get fired. Now I'm on my last day. <laughs> right. I can do anything now. And I agree with that. There's some sort of um, different sort of energy that comes from I made it. I, I agree with that. All right. I have two shout outs myself. Our first shout out goes to the University of Colorado for finally doing something with their coach. Like, honestly, like, even though I was a big proponent to have uh, Coach Durrell let go because of the performance over the last like basically year and a half uh for cu football 
it's still sad to see someone be let go from a, like a from that type of position because uh, you know there's other things involved there's like they have like family members and stuff like that so you know it does disrupt someone's life so even though um, I think it's great that uh, the University of Colorado finally parted ways with Coach Durrell. Hopefully he uh, lands on his feet and finds something uh, that actually is uh, – that works well for him. And hopefully the University of Colorado will finally hire a good coach because, like, 15 years of losing just really sucks, <laughs> as you know from watching F1 in the Friday 21 time. years between <laughs> Skechter and Schumacher winning a Formula One World Championship for Ferrari. <laughs> So, and then I have a second shout out. My second shout out goes to you for recommending two hilarious TV shows. Oh my goodness. I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, I know I watch more TV than you do, but I, I definitely watch less TV than, than, than a lot Most, of Most, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and usually I think, and probably like <laughs> after being on the computer all day, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, now you get to a point where I don't even like being on the computer at all. Uh, but in any case, uh the two shows that you recommended uh, are hilarious the first one i'm going to mention here is jean-claude von johnson <laughs> i've only watched the one episode with you and that movie is so funny how did get canceled? i don't know how i got canceled but if you ever watch a john a jean-claude von Damme movie he just totally like he totally makes fun of himself and it's done in such a way where you're like it's like him acting himself in real life, but he's also like a like a spy, and uh, actor his, slash spy, actor slash spy, and his spy name is Van Johnson, <laughs> and it's just it's hilarious. Uh, it just how he jokes about himself and everything like that. Totally reminds me. I am me. the master of splits. <laughs> oh shit! How did I get here? <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't even do the splits. <laughs> Uh, so that that show is pretty pretty funny. The other one is Sprung. Uh, the the actors from Sprung just are I don't know who chose all the actors for that, but they did a phenomenal job because they all they all feed off each other pretty well, and it is such a hilarious TV show making fun of the whole like uh, coronavirus season. Uh, you know, like first of all, like this guy he's like been selling he sold pot like. Like in 1992, 26 before, years before COVID happened, and he uh, because of mandatory sentencing, so he got you, 30 years. He got 30 years. So if you don't know anything about mandatory uh, sentencing, uh, that happened during uh, when Bill Clinton was in office. So that's a Democrat who pushed for uh, these mandatory uh, 30 year sentences for selling drugs. Yeah, uh, it was like 15 years, and because he was like near a school area, it was like yep, double the double, 30. Yeah. So the guy goes in like when he's like a teenager, comes out, he's like like 35, 40 years old or something. Uh well he may well what I guess what? He's in there for twenty years, twenty-five years? I think he was in there for twenty-four out of his thirty years since. So you got it right. Fifteen doubled to twenty or thirty because of the uh school proximity. And he got out four years before he was supposed to release. So twenty-six plus eighteen. Me Yeah, he's yeah. old as fuck. So <laughs> Meanwhile, possibly when legal in most states, right? Yeah. So you know, I think this kind of goes. Well, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna jump into the whole politics and stuff. But in any case, uh, here it is hilarious because like he's in the he's in the, in a jail uh, or in a prison, and I'm not, I'm not I don't 
know of many prisons that have that house both men and women at the same location, but in this particular one, floors. This one has it <laughs> have them at different floors, and they're talking like he's talking to his so called prison girlfriend, I guess, oh, through yeah. through the toilet. <laughs> you gotta see it to understand and believe it. So, it's, just, so. it's just so hilarious and then like one of my favorite parts of the first episode like really that really kind of like hooked me was with the guy like they get released he's like so why are we getting released early because of covid what, what what's covid oh it's this pandemic it's like in sickness everyone's getting sick and, and dying then, and dying and so then they get released and then he's like all right well you guys are all free to go but remember there's a lot of place that says you have to, <laughs> you have to just, just stay in shelter yeah you have to stay in shelter and they're like what do you mean like well you have to go home you have to stay home and they're like well none of us have homes we've all been in prison <laughs> he's like well good luck with that yeah <laughs> your problem like but it's real and i i think it's great that you're staying away from the political theme of this show which is real um but at the same time it has to be faced like oh yeah let's release a bunch of non-violent criminals as covid comes out and everyone's got not everyone many people had stay in shelter laws and they had no shelter like yeah. ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, wait till you get to the whole like toilet scene though, where he's talking to his girlfriend. He's uh, roomy's got to go to the potty. Another another scene I really enjoyed too is when he uh, <laughs> he's he, he's talking to his parents over the phone. His parents live in a, a retirement home, and they're all complaining about like how they can't go outside. So, one of the characters is a stripper, and they and the way they get around the whole like uh, COVID thing is that they're all in these like bu- like those like plastic bubbles. So he buys up all the plastic bubbles and he sends it to his mom's retirement place. You've definitely seen more than one episode then, because that's yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah, I've seen it all. I've okay. seen it all the way through. Okay. Um, and so at that point, um, like the mom's like, "Oh yeah, these bubbles are great. They smell like vanilla, and some of them you have glitter in them." <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. But isn't it so touching how great this man is? Who really did? If today's crimes were a law, he would get a slap on the wrist, literally, maybe literally, a yeah. fine. And he was doing thirty years. Did most of those thirty years? Uh, it's interesting. I wonder if. His uh, situation, his birthright, had anything to do with that? Maybe. I also thought it was funny, like uh, when he found the guy who like uh, fingered him, said that he was the guy who sold him the pot, and he like scares him. They're all like wearing those masks, and, like torturing the guy a little bit. That was pretty funny too. Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. It's it's a hilarious show. Uh, but I did particularly love that episode that you're talking about, where he's like, she's like, "Hey, honey, do you want to get rid of some of that money?" So he's at the strip club <laughs> in a bubble. The stripper's in a bubble, and he's like, "Well, actually, yes, I do." <laughs> and he buys all the bubbles. <laughs> not what either one of us, I imagine, at least not what I expected when that happened. Then you come back from commercial break and sent all the bubbles that he had bought to his parents retirement home so they could get out of their rooms it's just a beautiful thing though because i think a lot of great did come out of covid but the damage it did to the world's economy 20 years in the making yeah it's it's just a it's a hilarious show it's on freebie which is a part of amazon prime or something like that so so if you do find if you go on to amazon and you look for uh sprung i highly recommend it it's hilarious not the movie the tv show yeah the tv show uh because if it, like the movie probably would not be talking about covid 30 years old <laughs> uh and but and then uh, the jean-claude von johnson is also on uh, prime 
uh, I think you'll find that very funny as well, <laughs> especially if you remember any of his movies from the 80s and 90s. Uh, he mentions them frequently in the show. <laughs> Just like so I have to give you a shout out to recommending those two shows. Like I said, I only watched the one Van Johnson show with you that one night, but uh, the other one I did watch all the way through because it's only like 30 minutes, I think, yeah. an episode. Yeah. And they're easy to blaze through. And uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I think there's like nine episodes. I've seen, I think, seven of the nine. So I have two to go. Okay. I, I watched. What was very, the last thing that you saw? Sorry, I just have to ask. Um, they said they were going to go set up the uh, rob the congresswoman. That's where I finished. Okay, they haven't fully robbed the congresswoman yet. No, oh no, 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 no! They were like literally. They just found out the congresswoman had slipped down the stairs, and her old husband okay. had slid on the floor, and and then they were like, "We're going to get all the money and let." let justice prevail um that's where i kind of finished up because again like dude i really literally watched yeah, you basically no have like you have like two more you have like two more episodes to watch and it, it's it's worth it dude if there's only two more episodes i'm actually really scared because i think that show is three years old and maybe another jean club on fun johnson yeah i don't think there's a season two to it and i'm yeah. not like, i'm not even sure how they would really make it up unless i don't know i, I don't want to spoil it for you it's all just good anyway it was good fun Glad to hear it. Um, definitely some good laughs. So thank you for the laughs. I, I mean, I think right now in our in our society, uh, Dude, things are so things are so serious right now that I think you need to have you know an outlet to get some good laughs. That is a brilliant point because I had a team member come up to me yesterday, as a matter of fact, and it was like I just figured out why I can't buy any chicken anywhere, and I'm like I didn't know. You couldn't buy any chicken anymore. And she's like, yeah, turns out Tyson's on strike. And I'm like, so not only is chicken twice as expensive as it was two years ago, <laughs> but you can't even buy it because Tyson's on strike. What? And I'm like, oh, my God. So now there goes the pr price of everything else. Like, let's let's be honest. Ground beef and everything else will increase because demand will go up, driving costs up. But, um, yeah, that's a really good point. I, I love the fact that. Uh, you're pointing out, let's uh, take a little enjoyment with our laughs. Yeah, definitely. I think we have to. All right, any get-togethers? Oh, man. So my shout-out for Sergio Perez, the Red Bull Honda team, um, counters my get-it-together, the Verstappen Red Bull team, who managed not to put enough fuel in Verstappen's car when he was on one of those record-setting laps to get pole and he had to halt the lap and come into pit because there wasn't enough fuel in his car which placed him so far back on the grid that he could not recover through the race the guy's going to win the championship unless he dies at this point that's or doesn't finish any more races then somebody else might have a chance uh if he didn't finish any more races but the guy we're stopping. Kudos. Well-deserved. Great race. Keep maturing. Get past this. Don't let this set you back at all, please. Because I love to see a great athlete mature. And, uh, you know, we've seen this. We've seen this with Elway. We've seen this with Brady. I've seen it with Schumacher. I've seen it with Hockenin. I've seen it with Vettel. These other racers who have had great championships and won. Um even Hamilton, to an extent, the irony is I didn't see Hamilton mature until he lost. And that was really peculiar to me. Uh, 
but with that, we're stopping. Don't let that stop. But how do you let your star driver, who's on literally a lap that's about to defy physics, 2.7 seconds quicker than the next person uh, that has qualified, a.k.a. Ferrari and Leclerc, how do you manage to not put enough fuel in the car for him to pass the weight test after he's got that lap? And um, I, I'm still struggling with that. I don't understand. Uh, part of me is like, well, if you win this early in the season and they're worried about another, other people not watching the season, that's not become American wrestling. Please don't become Hulk Hogan or Macho Man or anyone else. Let these athletes. Oh, yeah. Soon. Oh, Slim Jim. <laughs> Step in your Slim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not do that to Formula One. It is the pinnacle of all sports on the planet. Um, the next closest thing to me is World Cup soccer. And let's let them do their thing. But with that, let's not mess this up. So um, get it together. Red Bull. For Verstappen, that's not what is happening. And that's just a tragedy. He was literally on one of those laps that gets set in record books that uh, viewers, that fans get to watch. And I remember Michael Schumacher doing the same thing in Suzuka 20-plus years ago uh, where he set a lap so fast, 1.7 seconds faster than the next racer. And they're, like, asking Ross Braun, the team principal, well, how did you manage to get the car to go through that fast? And he's just like... I don't know. Uh, based on physics and all of our calculations, what he did was impossible. And I think Verstappen was on that lap, and I hate that they stole that from him. Shit happens. <laughs> I mean, Thank you, Bubba Gum Fish Company. <laughs> I mean, what else are you supposed to say? I mean, like, no, the, it does. The, it really his does. Team, his team fucked up. I mean, it is, shit happens. It does, and uh, so. I just I, I pray it is that simple that the team messed up. I also pray that it wasn't just to prolong how much longer it takes him to win the championship. Like, get over it. Let this man be dominant. He deserves it. He has fought for it. He has shown the skill for it. Don't rob him of greatness. Don't rob the sport of being like, hey, by the way, here's your next supervillain, uh, Max Verstappen, because he run the, the championship four races before the end of the season. Who's going to challenge him? And I think that's real. I think actually that builds more excitement than, oh, well, we're at the last race of the season. If Max doesn't finish, he won't win the championship, blah, blah, blah. blah. At that point, I'm not even watching. I don't want to see that because if he doesn't win at that point, that's heartbreaking on a sense where I don't even want to watch a sport anymore. All right. So my uh, get together, I'm sure we can talk way more about it. You're like, get over it, Jesse. (laughs) I've seen so many years of it. It's literally, I don't want to become American wrestling. Uh, My get it together goes to firehouse subs. Holy shit. They jacked up that sub dude. And you got a comparison. Yeah. So tonight or well, uh, like on Monday or Tuesday of last week, or maybe Wednesday, I'm not sure. Sometime last week, I went to uh, Firehouse Subs, got a foot-long meatball sub, cost me $18. The uh, The wait staff was rude. Uh, the uh, They had, like, smothered, like, marinara sauce all over my container. They didn't even include the uh, pickle that I asked to have included on there. 
And uh, it was just terrible. It was a terrible experience altogether. And their food wasn't all that great. This is the corner star location on uh, Briarwood, uh, Rappo and Parker, basically. And then tonight, uh, we went to Tailgate. It's a uh, it's like a pub grill type of place. This is a shout out if you haven't gathered. And uh, in there, right, we uh, we on Monday nights they had half off burgers, so the burgers are only twelve bucks. So my burger was six dollars. Got two beers. Was uh, we had a we had a server who waited on us, and my total bill with with tip was seventeen and change. So I paid like less money for better service, better food, and two beers. And two beers. <laughs> Uh, uh, compared to uh, Firehouse Subs, where I got like chips in a destroyed, unflavorful, nasty meatball sub. Here's the point, though. Tailgate, man. How were those? Because I still haven't tried them. Sweet potato fries. Oh, the sweet potato fries are great. <sighs> I should have tried one. But the green chili tots are really good, too. That's where I went. I, I'm not regretting my decision. I'm just uh, thinking at some point I do have to delve down that. Sweet potato hell. So, uh, get it together, uh, Firehouse Subs. Um, I actually had like a one year hiatus from them because, like, previously I had a different location there on Parker off of 20 Mile. I went to the one over there and they had no AC. And once again, the service was terrible and the food wasn't all that great. And they still charge higher, like, more than like Subway and stuff like that. And so I'm like, it's not worth it. Restaurant All right, this week's restaurant, Noah Cho's John Holly's Asian Bistro. This was the Park Meadows Laundry location. Noah, you want me to start or you want to start? Oh, you go ahead. Yeah, uh, great intro for it. So all right, it well, we started with the Crab Rangoons, which honestly, I think uh, the Crab Rangoons... We're pretty good. Uh, Why were they called crab wontons? Because uh, they look like wontons. I think Grandin is just another word for wonton. Okay. Uh, but I'm taking nothing away from them as far as how good they were. They were the second best I've ever had. They were a 9 out of 10. I followed that up. So Noah and I took a seat. And uh, in the table next to us, there was this older gentleman, looked like a famous actor. I won't go into who, but, uh, and his wife. And at one point, we just had to ask, and Noah was the one who built up the courage to ask hey man we're looking at your dish it looks amazing what is that and it was the cashew shrimp and scallops and he emphasized you gotta get extra sauce <laughs> so that's what i went with i had the cashew shrimps and scallops uh, it did not leave me wrong the food honestly uh especially the first 80 percent of it after that, i just got full and there's that whole thing of uh, economics where the last 20% I because I felt like I had to eat the whole dish. Shrimps and scallop don't hold up. Um, the, the value kind of went down after that. But I, ultimately, at the end of the day, the food was a nine, nine and a half. It was almost perfect. It was delicious. For me, um, John Holly Asian B Show, again, this is the Lone Tree location. The atmosphere, a seven. The location was the crazy part. That's what took away from the atmosphere. You drive up. It's in the middle of this parking lot that's not lit. It's like, where am I going? I got front row parking, and I'm glad I did because I was afraid I was going to get robbed or 
you know, molested or something else by one of these creepers <laughs> these days. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, so the outdoor and interior, both uh, atmosphere were a seven to me. Again, though, the food was a nine. The service was the weird one. Um, the service was not bad, but it also wasn't good. And with that, ultimately, I'm giving the restaurant uh, 7.58. Uh, would I take a date there? Yeah, if I knew she would love it. Um, but otherwise, based on the location and time of day, we went in the evening. Sun had just set. It was dark. It was not sexy. I would probably venture somewhere else to take a date. Would I go there with a friend? Anytime. Uh, the food, again, was great. Not worried about her friend getting there safely or traveling with me safely. Uh, the food for me, again, was delicious. At the end of the day, it was an eight. The tragedy is there. The food was so damn good for me. I don't know that all the dishes are that good, but everything else really deteriorated from that because I want to give it a seven, but I'm I'm hard-pressed to do that just because the food really was that good. I also enjoyed the uh, crab ragoons. I thought they were wonderful. Um as I mentioned, I think they should probably have been called wontons, but whatever. <laughs> they look more like wontons to me. Uh, as far as what I have for my dish, it was the John Holly's filet mignon, which is actually, it was really great. Um, uh, the dish, the the meat was super tender. Although, I, I kind of second-guessed on maybe ordering that because, like, really, you don't want to destroy a good filet mignon. And, uh, and it I don't think they destroyed it, but it definitely like the the meat was definitely more tender than what you would get from like uh, a Mongolian beef or something like that. So uh, it was really enjoyable. The meat the the meat did melt in your mouth. And yeah, my dish I'll give it. I think it's a nine. Yeah, the food was amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, as far as the wait staff goes, that was a little bit weird. It was just weird. The wait staff was just off to me. It wasn't bad. It just definitely wasn't good. It was new. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say our waitress was horrible, but at the same time, I wouldn't say she was great either. She was just she was there. Um, so that's like a like maybe like a six. You know? Actually, that's a good way to put it. I probably rated them too high. Like you didn't really notice them. Like they, they she didn't do anything great to like to where you noticed her and she didn't do anything bad to where you noticed her. So I'd say she's like a solid six. Um, the atmosphere on the inside, I think this once again might be like a COVID issue thing. Uh, with not having enough staff, but like I, they had like more of a, of a restaurant inside, but they, only, they had like half of it closed. And I think the way, because they had half of it closed, I think it just kind of made people more like, I think it made it look like it was more crowded or made it look like it was just more, I don't know, cramped in there. Uh, when I take a date there, like you, um, I'm not sure it's a first, a first date worthy place unless I knew she really liked Chinese food or Asian food. Then maybe that might be acceptable. But the inside, I, like that was nothing special either. I'd probably give that like a seven. And uh, I do agree with you. The outside, nothing to look at. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it is kind of a dark parking lot. Um, and I, actually, when I first rolled up there, <laughs> I didn't even know it was open. That's the thing is, like, I'm rolling up and I'm like, this is not sexy. Like, I don't, 
is the where's where's the metallic uh, V string? You know, like I, I don't know that these doors are open walked, for business. I walked up in there. I was like, uh, "Are you guys still open?" <laughs> I mean, it says like you guys COVID are supposed hit. to be. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we're still open. I'm like, okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think all together, I probably would only give it like maybe a seven. Like, I the food is great. I did enjoy my food. And yeah, I'm giving it a seven, but it's just more because of like some of the things that you mentioned that I agree with, like dark. It's not lit up very well, so you don't know if it's open or not when it gets darker outside. The inside, I think they kind of scrunched people up and uh, made it try to look more full than what it really was. Um, but then the way they have you sit, like at least like where we're sitting at, like the table next to us, like the bench was like connected all the way down. So it's like basically I was like, sitting next to the guide, you know, next to us. So it was just, it, that just didn't feel right. And, you know, so yeah, I, I'll give it a seven. Okay. On to the smarter challenge. All right, Noah's Smarter Challenge this week. Smile, the 2022 American horror film written and directed by Parker Finn, based on his short film from 2020, Laura Hasn't Slept. Noah, what's your review? Well, uh, my review for Smile, first of all, I'm going to start off with, like, right now we're in uh, horror movie season. Halloween, Halloween season, October, season. good call. And uh, they so horror movies started to come out. We had there was the invitation that came out. There was Barbarian that came out, and then we had uh, um, Pearl, and now this movie Smile. Um, if we look, if we looked at Invitation, which is one of the movie that we did review, that was, like if I was going to have that as an indicator for the seasons of horror movies that are being released, I would say that I'd be very uh, skeptical about going to the movie theater. But Barbarian and Pearl were both excellent movies. I definitely would recommend seeing those in the theater if you get a chance. And then Smile, um, I also thought was a decent movie for the horror season. Now, um, you and I have already talked a little bit about Smile and stuff like that. Do I think it's the best movie out there? Probably not. Uh, definitely not. But in, in a lot of things, like kind of like what you've talked about, is like almost any movie that's out there, is actually a remake of another movie at this point. And this is saying this hold true this kind of holds true as well. For me, I saw the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington and this movie reminds me a lot about about uh, Fallen. Uh, with Smile, she's a psych a psychologist um, and uh, a patient of hers, you know, kills herself in front of her and it kind of transfers the entity from her patient to her and then the entity goes through and it eventually will kill her and after a certain amount of time. In this case, uh, that time frame kind of reminded me of Ring, uh, where like they watch that video and then they have seven days to like pass that video on to somebody else, or the ring or the lady will come out of the TV and kill them. Kind of like like that same kind of twist here. After you see the the smiling uh, entity kill the person, if it smiles at you as it's killing, then you then it gets passed on to you, and you're gonna die. Um, where it gets kind of familiar, uh, kind of similar to like Fallen, is where she goes out to the out to the uh, cabin out, of, out out in the middle of nowhere, I guess, which is her home where she grew up in, 
and tries to kill herself or kill the entity uh, without without it passing on, which is kind of similar to how what Denzel Washington did. Um, it was entertaining. I liked it. Uh, there's a couple of jump moments in there, but uh, that's kind of like what I have so far. What do you got? Man, for me, it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't a great movie. And what I mean by that is, if you're looking at the news the numbers speak their own this summer started hot and we knew this we went into this we were watching and rented a theater for top gun maverick knowing the theater business was going in hot at the beginning of the summer and it's really peaked and plummeted now whereas the box office has had its worst month september 2022 since 1996 we're even going before covid we're going uh many years before covid and that's not good news for the box office there's two pieces to this in my mind one is the theaters are feeling a pinch the other one is and theaters and box office movies really felt a pinch during covid as far as recording quality abilities to produce great things so hopefully that'll turn around um for me the movie Again, it was interesting. I had so much hope going into this movie, and I think it is a great storyline. It is one that seems very revisited. I still enjoyed it. I just would have liked at the end. Here's here's what I would like. Spoiler alert. I would have liked the main character to win for once in this sort of story. Uh, to not be a remake of Friday the 13th or anything else where ultimately the dream, the nightmare, because it's not really a dream, it's a nightmare, but same thing, the dream. Uh, so I would have loved to have seen this nightmare not win. I would have loved to see her win it in a different form. I could have taken any number of measures, mental health, <laughs> um, really anything, uh, but it didn't do that for me. It didn't leave me hopeful at the end. And the irony there is I think of uh, movies like Suicide Kings where the movie does have a dark twist at the end. <coughs> Excuse me. But that end, that dark twist leaves me hopeful. Well, man, that's karma. And in this movie, I'm like, well, that's not really karma. As you mentioned, part of this, though, I think is truth to where I can rest at ease is that she did let her mom commit suicide. She did nothing about it because her mom was a monster. At the end of the day, though, not doing something is doing something and karma will react. Yeah, <coughs> I, and that kind of made me question that in that in that movie. There uh, is it that the smile figure found her because of karma, because she did allow her mom to die, and that's and, just it. And they didn't really go into it like with all the other ones, but I think they kind of pointed out in the, like for her specifically, but not with all the other victims. And if all the other victims have been the same way, they also deserved it. Like no one's going to step in and save you because karma. You already earned this death kismet right but i did think it was kind of cool like i, don't, I won't say cool but it was it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna die that's cool <laughs> she did go and uh finally confront her her demon her her demon about her being a little kid and uh, that guilt about letting her mom die like she obviously didn't apologize to the mom because the mom was already dead but she finally like kind of came to terms about what she did do or didn't do or didn't do. Yeah, I agree. And 
That's, uh, I think the one thing I'll always take away from this movie, I think this is the brilliant part of this movie, is there is this retrospect where you have to think about scars or abuse or any number of things. And her own therapist tells her the problem with trauma is it may never go away. You may be living with it forever. And therefore the goal is to get rid of that forever dealing with trauma. That's really our goal, right? We've all had it just at different levels. Some people are like, oh, I've never been traumatized. Well, I'm not talking about watching your mom die by suicide. I'm talking about seeing a pet die, seeing this, that, and the other. And how you recover from that for everyone is different. Ideally, how you really recover from that is you turn it around psychologically and you're like, this is how I'm going to better my life. So when that is faced again, it's a positive, not as detrimental. Or yeah, maybe that was a 10 on the negative impact. I'm going to make it an 8 or even a 9 on the negative impact. It's going to get better some way. And in this movie, I think that's part of the point is we all face those things. How are we dealing with trauma in our own lives? Trauma is serious, and I know you know this as well. Uh, trauma can be death of a child, death of a parent, divorce. Loss of a job is one of the biggest ones uh, uh, because it impacts money and is, you know, oh, yeah, money doesn't buy happiness. It buys all your comforts on this planet. Let's face it. Uh, so in comfort, it does buy happiness. But with all these things, there are many ways to lose. And the point is, how do you overcome that? Because we've all been traumatized. That's the one thing I really did enjoy about this movie was the way the therapist just pointed it out is like, you've been traumatized. You may never get over that. There's another uh, storyline in here as uh, like a, a sub storyline. Uh, having to deal with her, uh, her current fiance and mm. her ex boyfriend. Um, and, you know, it's kind of funny because, like, she's starting to, like, go through, like, a, a, a meltdown. And you really get to see which guy really had cared for her and which one she had actually thrown to, thrown to the side. Yeah, so it wasn't her current boyfriend. It was her previous boyfriend, her current boyfriend, who had never seen any of the ugly. Her previous boyfriend, who had actually tried to help her through the ugly. And then also, uh, you can't even go into the uh, social politics of those characters, but absolutely, I agree uh, 100%. The one thing I will say is she was driving a gas-powered car. Her fiancé was driving an electric car. I found that very interesting. I think it was intentional. <laughs> it might have been. But her, her, uh, her fiancé, he was very about flash and about, like, um, everything's all fine, everything, you know, hunky-dory. So as long as, like, everything, like, pretty up top we don't address any of the bad i agree he worked 80 hours a week he knew she worked 80 hours a week he wasn't trying to improve either of their life qualities except for it was all about money and scene yes uh where her ex-boyfriend was a police officer yeah um very down to earth cared about her went to go check in on her even after he, she had left him and stuff like that um and it actually helped her and was the only person who actually believed her. Uh, although it did take a little bit of convincing, but not as much as like everybody else. Cause I don't think anybody else ever believed her. And then because of him caring, 
he ends up getting fucked at the end. I think that's actually an interesting twist. And it was actually, I think part of the point is all the people who don't get screwed at the end from this, if you want to call the one it good, the one good person, in the movie gets screwed. And maybe he's not a good person. We don't know well, the, his full backstory. The point is this entity bounces from person to person to person. And they don't tell a great job of the storyline besides it's one person to one person to one person. To your point, the good person, the cop, the detective, is the one who at the end of the movie it's passed on to. And it's just like, so are you saying you should be shallow and work 80 hours a week and not care about other people? Because he cared about other people. He did what was right, like she did as a doctor. And he tried to make a difference, a positive difference in the world. And that is what will ultimately kill him and absolutely killed the girl he loved, the main character. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe he's trying to say it doesn't matter if you're a good person or a bad person, but definitely the people who aren't really good people, moralistically or whatever. They're not impacted by demons because they don't have no conscience. They're like, yeah, ah, you're going to come after me, come at me. And then it never happens. <laughs> like, true. I, I need to get there. I have too much of a conscience. That's what I'm realizing. And, you know, she obviously, I think she was trying to make up for her sins, but she did to her mother by being a psychologist to help out other people. It is true. If you don't have a conscience, the evil you do does not hold any weight upon your shoulders. You let go of it. Maybe that's my problem. Every little thing I did wrong where I'm like, oh, I stepped on my neighbor's lawn. I should go apologize and offer to mow it for them or something. And then I have these people who just like let their dogs come shit on mine. They're just like, hey, go ahead, dog. Let's keep walking. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where's your morality? I understand lines, boundaries, personal possessions, rights. So overall, I do think it's a good, it's a decent horror movie for you to go see. Uh, I would recommend seeing it in the theater, but you can definitely wait to see it on TV too. But if you're looking for one to go see in the theater during the uh, spook season here, um, probably I would see Pearl first, Barbarian second, and then this third. Well, this is Parker Finn's directorial debut for a real film not a short film but a real film so yeah he's just getting started we'll wait to see what he has to bring in the future and if you do get a chance and you want to see pearl uh currently on showtime watch x uh x is actually the uh, uh the first movie prequel and then pearl's a prequel that's right so um yeah definitely give uh, give both of those a watch x is pretty x i think is actually slightly bit better than pearl but uh, it does set it up pretty well. And you get to see why Pearl's a twisted biatch. <laughs> That's like in Transformers, the year of freshener. That's all he was saying, not a cuss word. <laughs> all right. Uh, what is the drink for next week? All right. Next week, the scotch for October 10th, airing shortly thereafter. Bell Nallen. 12-year single malt scotch. Two weeks after that, the classic laddies giving you guys times to build up. This is the Brucladich single malt scotch. Uh, for next week, the Smarter Challenge, man, I'm making it 
interesting and easy. Is it still going to be the what you said it was? It's not going to be because I haven't found one that works for us because a lot of them are like either booked or closed. I don't know if that's a COVID thing or a business to shut them down. It was the mystery room or the uh, fucking. Oh, I thought you said the. I thought I could be wrong, but I thought you said this week was going to be uh, watching a. Uh, what's his name's movies? Uh, the Order, Bat, uh, the Joker from Batman. You know the guy, the blonde hair guy, died from a drug overdose. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yes, that is still the case. Okay. So it is the best of Heath Ledger. Up, up and coming is our uh, mystery room. What do they call those things? Mystery rooms. Is that all they call them? I thought that was a better name. That's not a sexy escape name. Escape room. Escape room. That's it. Escape room. So yes, Heath Ledger. So the best of Heath Ledger, the Belnallen, um, two weeks after that, October 24th, the classic laddie. And with that, we'll go to a different angle. But uh, with the best of Heath Ledger, there's he had some great movies, and it's going to be interesting to see what we both bring forward. So, so that's what it is? Yeah, okay. and also, though, they're quotes like what are the three best lines sounds good sounds like a be a fun one i like i like uh i like his work nice all right uh so for those of you i'll start first and then i'll let you finish up all right so for all of you out there thanks again for watching us uh we greatly appreciate you all the listeners in japan and here in the u.s and the others uh the other countries that are watching uh, are listening to us uh you guys have been great uh Last month was our best month so far as for our listeners, so we greatly appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll start picking up some more views on our on our video, um, I guess, outlets. Uh, however, just for once again, for those of you who do watch us on YouTube, um, they did censor episode eighty, so you'll have to if you want to see the unedited version, you'll be able to see the unedited version of eighty on Rumble. Uh, we'll throw up an uh, edited version here uh, for episode 80 shortly. shortly. Um, and with that, thank you once again, everybody. Hopefully you have a great night. Uh, if you do look down below, you'll see our link to become a, a patron member. And please uh, subscribe, like, and share, and leave some comments. And with that, Jesse, I'll pass it over to you. I think that's the important part. Like, share, subscribe. Remember, life is great. Make sure you're enjoying every last dram. I'm not saying you're going to get home and every day from work is going to be, hey, I was work. Two thumbs up. No, that's just not probably likely for most of us. Some of us, uh, maybe, I don't know porn stars maybe i don't know just to guess uh that's the case but at the end of the day life is great make sure you're making the most of every last dram enjoy time with your friends and family give us feedback let us know what you'd like to see did you like the kill homing kill homing uh this was a great scotch did you like our review on it? What would you like to see are there some scotches you want us to review out there like Share, subscribe, YouTube, Rumble, Amazon. There's a ton of venues you guys can like us on. Uh, if you want to become a patron member, you can give us a dollar a month. And the patron members reap rewards. So we do the movie theater screenings, just like with Top Gun Maverick, which was the best, uh, and others. But with that, there are other rewards as well. So if you're interested, please like, share, subscribe. 
become a patron member, give us a dollar a month. You can quit that at any time. If you don't feel like six months down the road, you're getting your dollar a month out of it. But really all we're asking for is a, a, a donation so we can buy some scotch and give you our review. We're at 83 right now as far as episodes, scotches wise. Well, if you go beyond some of the tastings where the episodes disappeared, that's like 90 scotches we're actually at. Uh, please let us know. Other than that, Remember, life is great and drink responsibly, drink responsibly. And that's actually very important to both of us. It really is. No one knows, man, if I have had a drink and I need or want a beer, 1985, Ranger, my favorite currently, I'll walk to go get it. So I don't have to drink. I'll walk on the sidewalks and not fall uh, before I put anyone else's personal positions or lives in danger. So drink responsibly and remember life is great. Scotchman. Cheers, you guys. Life is great. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.